Welcome to the Cool Fireman Podcast, a virtual firehouse kitchen table with What's a Rolfie, Unky, Fireman 1231, JDB Cubed, and Fireman Freddy. Let's get to the show. And welcome back, everybody, to the Cool Fireman Podcast. We got four. Nick's getting edumacated today. He's going to join us uh, on another recording. But you made it. Thanks for coming back. We appreciate you guys supporting us today. Hey, Freddie. Yeah. Can I interject real quick? I have a little bit of, um, I have something I got to say. Yeah. Um, so Get it off I've, your been, chest. I've been meaning to uh, give this shout out. I got to give a shout out. So it's not really, uh, has it nothing to do with the topic today, but, um, so there's this, this girl that I met in the city that I work for. She lives there. Uh, she, she has uh Williams syndrome. Um, and we've become really good friends over the past, like five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, uh, so she wanted me to shout her out. So shout out to Mo. Everybody say oh, hi to Mo. What up, Mo? Hey, Mo. So there's your shout out Mo. But, uh, one really cool thing is Mo had a documentary uh, done about her um, and it's called Queen Maria, and it took him six years to do it. It kind of documents the past six years of her life and the poor girl's, I think 23, 24 years old. She's had eight or nine heart surgeries in her life and what she's dealt with, uh, with uh, Williams syndrome. Um, but Mo is amazing. Uh, she uh, is like the strongest person I've ever met in my life. Uh, she's an inspiration to everybody. So I wanted to give her a cool shout out. Um, and if you guys are down with really cool like documentaries, it's 20 or 30 minutes long. Uh, Queen Maria, uh, they're putting it into film festivals and and all kinds of cool stuff. So I want to give a shout out to Mo. Awesome. Sorry to and derail you. No, no, you're good. Documentary. Link that documentary when we post it. Yeah, I, sure. I'm not sure if there's like a private place that you can go to watch it yet, um, but we will for sure keep up we'll on definitely include yeah include the title or whatever so people can try to find it on their own until we can find out exactly where it's at yeah 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 they also yep awesome. I call her my Mo. heart sister i'm her uh heart brother and so uh she awesome. gives me inspiration to to keep going and i mean many people inspiration so anyways awesome. sorry nice nice uh yeah so what's up mo <laughs> thanks for listening because i know she's a listener oh yeah uh, Today, uh, we are going to dive into the world. We're going to scratch the surface, I'm sure of it. The world of tools, whether it's off of the truck, uh, whether it's in your pockets of your your turnout gear, uh, what are you taking with you on what calls? Does it depend on the apparatus that you're on? Uh, What do you keep in your pockets? There's a lot to kind of dive into for that. But before we get into that, uh, I want to make sure that we do our moment of silence. There's been a couple more line of duty deaths that have happened here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, It's unfortunate, uh, but it becomes a uh, scary reality uh, with our career that that anything can happen at any time. So if we could take just a brief moment, moment of silence for those that we have lost in the past week or so. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for indulging us on that. It's an important part of our podcast. We're doing our best to do it every week. So diving into tools, uh, there are, uh, in my opinion, there's a a couple of different schools of thought. Uh, Some people like to grab uh, the 
what I like to call the Hulk tools, the the one that's big, heavy, and they can break their way through things. Uh, other people will grab um, something that is a multi-tool, something like a Denver or a Fire Axe Unlimited, something that's got a whole bunch of different pieces on it. Uh, and then you have, you know, your your uh, Hooker Harrys. They, they only grab the pike pole, the New York hook. Um, do you grab a water can? How about a tick? Uh, lots of different things that uh, that can be associated with uh, different scenes in the fire service. Um, and so uh, right off the bat, we're going to go to uh, Big City Doug. And, Big uh, City Doug! Hold on. We're, oh, we're <laughs> not going to Big City Doug. <laughs> I'll be right back. My dog opened the front door. Hold on. Uh-oh. All right. We're skipping Big City Doug. The pigs are coming in and the, and, uh, the turkeys are awry. <laughs> we're gonna go we're gonna go with medium city uh california uh matt hello uh, who that? has who has what? gone from uh pipeman if you will to driver and is now kind of uh flirting with with possible um you know command structures so there's hey, probably bro. been a few few schools of thought that you've had to uh change throughout your career so tell me uh tell me your approach here there Mr. Well, he, Matt. well he's now an engineer so he brings firefighters and a captain with him as That's part of his bunch, tools those are right. a bunch of tools yeah at, at the current moment my waka toolbox waka. has six tires six right um yeah um i'll tell you this i'm not gonna lie uh and you guys might be able to uh, relate to this but i'll tell you you know <laughs> One thing I got to remember is to pull the gloves out of my turnout pockets <laughs> because uh, we, you know, I'm a paramedic. I got the healing hands. And one time, one thing I, I, one thing I never remember to do is to pull the, you know, the used um, medical gloves <laughs> that I've, I've like bound up and they're just in my turnout pockets. So that happens a lot with us. We run a lot of medical aids. Don't run a ton of fires, although we do get our fair share. Um, so yeah, you're right. Um, being able to kind of touch all the different, uh, levels of the fire service from, you know, uh, from firefighter to engineer. And now, like you said, I'm scratching the surface as a, as a captain. Um, I, I mean, I love the Halligan. I, I love the Halligan. That would be my, that's my go-to, uh, tool, um, as a firefighter, uh, if I'm on just, I mean, it just depends on what kind of call you're on. I mean, we could talk for days on the different types, the call types and what we might grab, but if we're going to sit here and talk about tools that, you know, that everybody can kind of relate to the Halligan, I mean, you just can't go wrong with it. It's part of the irons. Um, we, you know, we've kind of gotten into a habit in our department where the, uh, when I first started as a firefighter, I would jump off, I would grab my irons and I would pace out to the front door or to the entry of the building for a structure fire. And that kind of gave me an idea of how, so, you know, basically one pace would be about three meters or so, um, or six feet. So I would be able to do it in my head. Okay. It's a hundred feet to the front door. And then I'd come back, grab my, my, uh, my line. And then I'd kind of know how much, you know, hose I would need. Uh, but now, um, it's turned a little bit and now kind of, obviously I'm going to skip the engineer thing. Cause I stay at the engine and pump all, you know, pump all day, but, um, and that's for first on obviously, but, um, and if uh, and now scratching the, the, the captain rank, I like on, uh, 
structure fires uh, specifically to still grab part of the irons and have the firefighter grab the the flathead uh, and I'll still grab my Halligan. And the reason is because, and you guys know that an, uh, a big part of a structure fire is doing uh, a complete 360 of the building if you can. And when you're doing your 360, sometimes you need to open up doors real quick, or, you know, you can make a, you know, a quick effective uh, rescue with, with, you got to have something in your hand. And you soften the building. Yeah, right. So most of the time, the little things that are in your bellows or your pockets, you know, might be uh, wedges, uh, little tools that might shut off water or utilities or whatever, aren't going to be enough to, you know, really, you know, get into a building or soften the structure, like you're saying. I mean, I ain't going to be pulling any bars off windows. Typically, um, uh, we don't have many bars on on our windows, uh, mm. thankfully, in Laguna Beach, but um, well, I probably shouldn't have Anyways, so the Halligan is probably my go-to. Um, it's, you know, on TCs, you know, car fires, Halligan, Halligan, you can use the Halligan to, to prop the, uh, the hood of the car open on a, on a uh, car fire. You can use it. It's multi-tool. Uh, you can use it for a whole bunch of different things. Uh, you mentioned ticks. We have, uh, we're very blessed to have, you know, ticks on our engines. I'm not sure if everybody has the ticks. Um, but those are an essential tool for safety on fire, on structure fires, uh, on and on and on. We don't really have like a special thing. Um, one question I might have for you guys is uh water tool, like a water key. So if you guys got a sheared water uh, hydrant. So when I worked for the County as a reserve, as a volunteer, we had commercial sized water keys on our squads. And so we'd get there and, you know, it's a geyser hundred feet, 150 feet in the air. And we would get to go in there and, and turn this sucker off. Well, with my new department, I was um, surprised to hear that we don't, we have maybe like a little residential size one, but we, we call, if we have a sheared hydrant, we, we call, uh, Hey, uh, dispatch, uh, bring uh water, you know, the water department out here to, to shut this, this, uh, this thing down. So I'm kind of curious to, I don't know, it's kind of me, menial, but, um, what do you guys do as far as like uh, water key stuff? At my, got, fi- Unky? at my firehouse, we have a um, we have two water keys, the one with the small square and the big square. And we actually just keep it in our station because we're on a federal installation on a little base. So we don't get too far away from our station. So they're about one perch long. And uh, let's see what I missed with Doug. Yeah. So, uh, I, <laughs> no, I, <I'm>... <laughs> <sighs> they're about one perch long. So we actually, we put them in, they don't stay on the truck. Cause we have no absolute uh, room for them. Um, we put them up top. We're always afraid uh, to, for them to slide off and we, we not know it. So we keep them in the station and we'll put them in the uh, passenger compartment from one door to the other door. And they're like across our lap and we're holding on to them as we're going. If the call comes out with some kind of water issue, mm. we'll grab it and take it. So that's it for. Douglas probably has like a full separate, you know, water Truck. engine that comes and, <laughs> hey, we're here just to deal with the water problem. We're the water crew. It's a skew. I'm not going to tolerate all this blasphemy and debauchery. Look here. <laughs> this is America. We don't use meters or perches to measure nothing. All right. about furlongs? Look here. How about a Stop. chain? Stop it. We use freedom units around here. We, we're, that tr- we don't... We, <laughs> We will not go to the metric system. It will that, not happen. That truck is about seven dishwashers long. Anyway. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and about answer, three, Beckys, three Beckys wide. Oh, Shit. God. Ooh, to answer Becky. your question about the water. Oh, Becky. 
Becky with the good Becky hair. Becky with the good hair. Becky with the good hair. All of our engines have a residential water key, just the, the prongs, you know what I mean, to turn off just a, a quarter turn valve. Our truck companies have the big squares to, for the commercials and that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but our utility department is pretty good about if we need them, they'll, you know, they're pretty good about getting out pretty quick. But as far as uh, I'm peeking up at the Braves game, sorry. As far as tools go, um, if I'm riding the front seat, I, I typically grab the New York hook um, or a sheetrock hook, which is, in my opinion, a very underrated tool. Um, uh, if I'm in a jump seat, I grab the irons. Um, if my jump seat guy wants to grab the hook, I kind of communicate that daily. If you want to take the hook, if that's your preferred tool, I'll take the irons, vice versa, whatever. But you're right, Matt. You don't you don't walk up to a scene without something in your hand. <clears throat> um, if it's a working job or if it comes in as a structure, we're not if if you're not first in, you're probably not taking a can. Um, I'm a big proponent of if you're second or third in, by all means, take your RIC bag or RIT, whatever y'all call it, wherever you're at, um, to the scene as well. And I mean, you can't have too much stuff at the scene. You could take extra stuff off your off your rig. You know, everybody's like, "Oh, the first unit gets robbed." Well, it doesn't have to. You know, you always need more stuff. Um, ladders. You know, the truck company's got you know numerous ladders, but you may need more. Um, but as far as tools, it's either a New York hook or a sheetrock hook for me. I just want to put out there. I got a little pet peeve. Now I know it's going to get worse once they hear this. Um, <clears throat> my, my truck. It all depends on. If we're in our first due truck or a reserve truck, we constantly bounce in and out our trucks. So depending on where you sit in the back, you can be responsible for the tick or for the irons or the cans. It's just kind of where we are setting up. But my, my my pet peeve is we have a guy that loves a New York hook. And that's fine. The one that belongs on the truck. He carries it in the cab. Nothing holds it down. Moves no, it. DOT says everything must be secured. Yeah, we including your helmet. Yes, everything's supposed to be secured. I understand we got map books. There's little things that are, that are out there that's going to get thrown around. But my father was, uh, when he went out to move to a different base, within the fourth day, they got in a horrible accident. They um, A bus ran them off the road. They swerved, and they hit a tree. Pinned the driver in. My dad got a cut on his hand as the officer. Guy uh, messed up his back. One guy broke his hand and his wrist. Everything that morning, he just realized nothing has a place on that truck. Everything's just laying around. Mm -hmm. and he's like, we're going to fix it tonight. And they went out to training at another base. And everything went flying. And SCBA, it was the drivers, it sat in the back, back wall of the truck. And it was the new bottles that we got at the time, which are the smaller um, 45, said the big tanks. Well, mm -hmm. the bracket was built for the big tanks. So when they hit that tree, it was just hanging on by one strap, and it could have creamed anybody in the back of the head. Yeah. So after that incident, I tried my best to be vigilant. I understand there's there's going to be junk laying around the truck in general, but small stuff. But that hook, every time I come into work, he just leaves it there. I pick yeah, it up, right. and I put it back in the compartment. I just You got to have stuff strapped down because you never know what you're going to hit. Even on my simple base, speed limit doesn't get over 35 miles per hour. Still, if you hit something, things can go flying. For right. sure. <clears throat> Back to no, you're uh, good. What, what Matt was saying earlier about ticks. <laughs> All of our uh, company officers have a tick in their routing position, and some of the truck companies have multiple ticks. Um, I think seven trucks got the integrated ones on the air pack on the ICM module. Um, but we've got every fire, first two fire apparatus has at least one tick on it. 
Uh, that's a thermal imaging camera for anybody who doesn't understand what we're talking about. They're extremely helpful in not only fire scenarios, but uh, if you're watching your guys search the building, if you're looking for somebody at night, you know, if, if you're looking for possible ejections from a vehicle or a crash at night when you're trying to clear a vehicle, I mean, they're, they're amazing tools for what they are. Vertical I mean, ventilation. Most, you can see the rafters. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, they're, they're just so useful for us. I God, they're expensive, but they're extremely useful for what we do. We'll, we'll get into pockets in a little while. Freddie, what you want to scratch uh, the surface? So, here? yeah. So for us uh, at, at my department, we actually jump trucks a lot. And when I say jump trucks, uh, like yesterday when I was on shift, I was assigned to the rescue. Um, tomorrow, when I go on to shift, I'm actually going to be on the ladder. Uh, and then Saturday, I'll be back on the rescue. So for us, we rotate around. We do a lot of different things. So depending on, on your seat, depending on your role that day, uh, there's going to be different uh, tools that 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 you could be responsible for or what have you. Uh, <clears throat> for instance, if I'm driving the rescue, when we get on scene of a fire alarm or what have you, uh, I'm going to jump out. I'm going to obviously grab my my turnout gear, my SCBA. I'm grabbing a New York hook. I'm grabbing a water can. That's the driver. That's kind of his responsibility. That's the stuff that he's getting. Uh, the passenger on the rescue, 99% uh, of the time uh, in their compartment, they have a tick and they have the irons. Uh, and so then we're meeting at the door. Now we have a full complement of tools that can help us accomplish a goal. Uh, and I, I personally think that that's very important that you coordinate. Accomplish with... many, many goals, not just one. What did I say? Did I say one goal? No, you just said accomplish a goal. Now, oh, yeah. I, that, but there's <clears throat> several different, if you got that whole compliment, you, it, it's so many more. And I think. Metaphorically speaking, doors that you can open. I think it's very important. <clears throat> um, I stress to the students uh, in my academy all the time that, um, you know, they, they're broken up into six different companies of five people. And when they're grabbing tools, I, I, I tell them, why do three of you have a Halligan? You know, like that's the, you're not going to accomplish anything with that. There's a plethora of different tools you can grab, but you need to have a set of irons. You need to have a pickhead ax. You should have a sledgehammer. You need to have some type of pike pole or some type of hook, you know, spread it out so that now as you advance as a company, as you are given a mission, as you're given a task, you have all of those tools that you need. You have a complement. You don't have five people standing there doing forcible entry with a pike pole. It just doesn't make sense. And Matt, I, I agree with you. If, if I'm not grabbing the irons, uh, I'm grabbing a Halligan because with a Halligan, you can accomplish, uh, you know, to Doug's, to Doug's words, uh, multiple goals, force entry, uh, you know, search and rescue. There's a lot of different things that you can accomplish uh, with a Halligan. And it's it's probably going to come up, but uh, make sure you're getting a quality um, Halligan. Make sure you're getting quality tools. Uh, there are three-piece Halligans out there. That, Ban three-piece uh, Halligans. Huh? Ban three-piece Halligans. That, and we're not here to, to, throw shade, Constitution. to throw shade at any companies that, that do what have you, but a three-piece Halligan is not doing firefighters any justice. Because oh. should one of those pieces become dislodged, we are now a uh, uh, up up a creek without a paddle. If if uh, if that's the easiest way to say that, um, sell it to the cops. Sure, they can. Yes, and then they can kick all the windows in uh, on a house fire and wonder why it 
went from a smoldering fire to a inferno in 30 seconds. I digress. Uh, does anybody have their own specific tool? We have um, we have a couple of guys. I, I can think of one specifically. He bought his own pig um, tool. He's It's his. It goes in his locker after shift. He puts it in the truck, what have you. He's got it. The, the the handles taped up like a hockey stick or what have you uh me personally uh i'd love i'd love to have some type of uh um tool of my own if there's companies out there that want to have us demo tools but uh i would I, i'd love to have something if you that... want to test this durability send it to us yeah we'll uh and we'll make we'll we'll beat it up we'll uh we'll help you out but uh does anybody out there have their own tool or is it is it pretty much fire department uh provided we've got i I don't personally have any of my own and unless the department stops buying us quality tools i won't have any of my own that to me is the only reason i see why you i mean i granted there's some guys are just that ingrained in the service and some of them win them at raffles at at different events and that kind of thing so it's cool whatever i'm not i'm not i'm not putting anybody down for it but as long as the department provides me with quality uh equipment i don't see any reason to spend my own money on it um especially if i was to break it i'd be pissed um but we've mm-hmm. got several guys at my station on the shift that i'm going to relieve to that are working today that i relieve tomorrow morning that have their own hooks and halligans um that, that they're not true irons they have a the halligan mounted to their six foot hook hmm. but yeah we have a lot of people in our department who have their own personal tools does anybody have a slam again i was just <laughs> gonna say that anybody got the joe cruz slam again I no. asked the guy at the uh, they had a Virginia Beach Fire <laughs> Rescue Conference. I went up to ask them. I said, "I know you get this a lot. How many times a day did people come up and ask you about the slam again?" He goes, "Like every day, all day. They don't do nothing like that." <laughs> uh, it's funny. Um, so we have a a very a pretty famous uh, truck academy that's pretty close to us, and it's very hard to get into. You put in for it, and it's literally two weeks of just truck work. Mm-hmm. We don't have a truck in Laguna Beach, but we still preach for guys to go to this class. It's a lot of good rescue stuff, yeah. vertical ventilation, horizontal. I mean, it's the gamut of it, right? But it's funny because every time, you know, typically we'll send about two, maybe three, but usually one or two every year. And those guys have always come back with their own, their own like flathead or pickhead axe that yeah. they went out and bought. So there are a handful of guys that I work with that have their own axes, which I don't think is a bad deal. Um, you know, they, they, they'll place it in their little spot in the engine and it's there for them when they need it. Uh, we do carry one pickhead axe and scabbard on our engines, on all of our engines. Um, but we don't have a truck. We've talked about this. I know Doug, you're like, what, you know, your department doesn't have a truck. Um, we usually use what we call big brother. The County comes in on all of our structure fires. Uh, we get four engines and a, a, a couple of trucks. So, from the, the northern bordering city or the county, we get a truck somehow, but because we're on such a, there's only three ways in and out of our city. And so we got to be pretty self-sufficient when it comes to truck work, whether it's ropes or Rick or vertical ventilation, whatever it is. So if we're on a structure fire and you're third due, you're pretty much you're going to, you're going to get assigned ventilation. So as an engine company, we have to be prepared for that um, for that assignment. And one of the big things that we do, not every morning, because if it's just our normal crew, we should have it set. But if you have a new firefighter on your crew that day, doing overtime, whatever it is, you got to know 
two guys are grabbing, we have 30 foot three section ladders. So one, two guys are going to grab the ladder, whether it's the captain or the firefighter, whoever it comes up with, uh, whatever we come up with it in the morning, two guys grab the ladder. The other guy grabs the hook and the saw starts the saw at the rig and we go. And that's, and that's how we start our evolutions. And that's how we, that's how we, um, that's how we train. Uh, do you guys have any sort of like things that you guys talk about in the mornings uh, with new crew members to that day, as far as like, who's going to grab what? So for, for us, um, we, we we use blue card. It's, it's a different type of uh, uh, training and staging and all that. So our officers, our, our battalion chiefs, um, they, they go pretty strict on blue card. So when we catch, you know, a, a structure fire or something like that, um, my battalion chief in particular, um, he'll give, he'll give his uh, size up. He'll start assigning level one, level two staging. Um, he'll, he'll start assigning trucks like a uh, ladder upon your arrival, your water supply and utilities, uh, you know, engine, engine two upon your arrival, you're going to be uh, on deck or your writ or, you know, rescue one, your primary attack. So uh, upon your arrival on the scene, you've got a pretty good um, guess of what you're going to do. And, it doesn't vary much from fire to fire. While every fire is different, most of the time, the vehicle you're on is is going to be about the same um, task, unless uh, the scene dictates it. If if you know if we have a rescue going on, if we have uh, if it you know multiple exposures, if you know something is going on that that breaks the norm, but. Um, Usually based on the vehicle that you're in, uh, you, you kind of know going in already just from previous experience, what, what your task is going to be. I think it's safer. I think it's safer because the, the, the big word is anticipation. Like you yeah. can anticipate what you're going to be doing. Therefore you're already running it through your head. Okay. You know, I got to grab this, going to grab that. And we're going to go, you're going to be more efficient. Uh, whatever the goal is or the mission, um, you know, whether it doesn't matter what kind of call it is. I mean, it could be a medical aid. I know you guys have been mm-hmm. on medical aids where, you know, you're, you're talking to dispatch going, Hey, what kind of medical aid is this? And they're like, ah, we didn't get anything. It was a 911 hang up and we couldn't understand what they're saying. And you're kind of like, okay, well, could, what is it? And what is it? Is it somebody passed out? Is it chest pain? Is it a cardiac arrest? What is it? You know? So when you get that, Hey, it's got chest pain, one, two, three, uh, fake street, you're like, okay, chest pain, you run through your, and so sometimes even in the rig on the way to a call, we'll be like, okay, hey guys, uh, three shots of nitro, we can do aspirin and make sure they're not on blood thinners and not taking Viagra, right? So, um, just or even, or even as simple as like, I'll grab the monitor and the Lucas, you grab the bag and the drug box. Yeah. Something yeah. similar, yeah. something, something like that. Or you get the, uh, uh hey, uh, you need to go to 123 Fake Street for a lift assist. You're like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to a <laughs> yeah. lift assist. And yeah. you get, you get mm-hmm. a mile down the road, uh, you know, Rescue one update. Go ahead. Uh, we've got pre-arrivals uh, going on. CPR is in progress. <laughs> Wait, what? This was a. This is a. This is a who? What's yeah, going on yeah. right now? Yeah. That's difficulty happened. breathe. Difficulty breathing. Come to find out, it's a knife wound to the chest. Yes. That's well. That's why they're having trouble. Yes. God, God bless <laughs> the ghetto. Douglas. Yep. Douglas, how about how about you for for roles? Does um, it does it change? via the apparatus does it change via <clears throat> what do you are because you yes. guys having a bunch of different trucks coming from different areas 
you might not be the ventilation crew because you're going to be fifth on scene or something like that, right? Right. Our first new truck handles ventilation. Um, we do very little roof cutting. Um, my crew did it. Positive pressure. Probably two years ago. Yeah, we just do PPV at the front door. Um, Amen. Amen. And the first, the first new truck company handles that. Um, but truck. Yeah, the first two truck companies. Okay, you guys train on like flow path stuff. Yeah, we so uh, like we exhaust actually, and yeah, we actually went down to our my my truck company. This has been probably three years ago now, two two and a half years ago, maybe three, whatever. Uh, went down to our class A burn building and smoked it up with with theatrical smoke and used our different fan complements to see what was moving air best and whatnot and you know how we 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 did some flow path training. But yes, we do uh, positive pressure every now and then. You'll see some guys do some hydro venting. That kind of thing. But we talk about our roles pretty much don't change, Freddie. We're assigned to what we're assigned to um, in our staffing. And that's if that's what you're assigned to, that's what you ride majority of the time. Um, it, it's Well, if you're at the engine medic house, you know, you just rotate into the medic. But the, the truck companies are pretty much the same truck guys ride the trucks because um, that's a very important role. But anyway, um, yes, we do a little talking in the morning sometimes um, and just throughout the day. And I think the breast, breast, best pre-planning you can do i got to stuck with best and pre there um is on the way to the call like y'all were just Freudian talking about slip. yeah you get the you get the uh the comment you get the dispatch okay. obviously and that's when your your pre-planning starts is on dispatch and then comments are updating as you're coming and you're talking like like matt was just saying depending on you know whatever the call type is you're talking about the hypotheticals of what could be if it's if it's this this is what we're going to do if it's this this is what we're going to do i know when i was fairly new and riding the jump seat, all I wanted to know from the officer was which side of the road is it on initially. So I could say, hey, where do I need to go to pull the line? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, roles pretty much don't change for us. Jump seat does what he or she does. Um, the company officer makes the lap. Uh, it, it, most jump seats are going to pull a line if they feel like you need to. Um, sometimes the officer will give you direction. That depends on on the company officer. But, you know, obviously, if it scene dictates it, we're going to pull a line. But, um, again, it's, it's call dependent. But yeah, we do discuss it. Let's uh, let's let's pivot real quick, and we're, I, I want to talk about your 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 pockets because I know this is a huge um, a topic of discussion, a topic of of argument. Um, I have personally gotten a lot of grief about the amount of stuff I carry in my pockets. Um, I you know the the gear when I wear my my gear from work at the fire academy, and I'll pull out my tools that I have in there. I, I, I have quite a few tools uh, in my pockets. I have, I have webbing, I have rope. Um, well, here, let's, you know, let's, I'm, we're going to go right through it. <clears throat> in Pocket my, dump. Yeah. In my, in my bunker pants on the right, I carry a, uh, it's actually by modus, but it's their little, uh, tool, uh, organizer, whatever, what have you. It's got a snagger tool. Um, in there, I have a shove knife, I have a pair of um, uh, wire snips. I have a small set of little spanners. And then I have a six-way um, screwdriver, the one that, you know, you flip around or whatever, which is funny because that's the thing that I move, that I use absolutely the most is that little screwdriver. Uh, and then also in that pocket, I have 20 feet of webbing with a carabiner. Uh, on my uh, left uh, pant pocket, I have 25 feet of uh, rope with a, um, with a, uh, carabiner on it. And then, uh, in my coat pockets on the left coat pocket, I have a few tools, a pair of snips and a, um, 
and a wedge and a screwdriver. And then on the right side coat pocket, I have uh, webbing. And the whole reason, at least in my brain, the whole reason that I have that is if I become in a situation where I'm pinned on my left side, I now have tools and webbing on my right side that I can access. And if I get pinned on my right side, I have tools and webbing that I can access that's on my left side. I don't ever want to be in a situation where I can't get to any of my tools. I also don't want to ever be in a situation where I can't take some webbing, take some rope, make a hasty harness and bail out the window. Because frankly, as, as far as I'm concerned, uh, carrying an extra 10 pounds in my pocket is worth going home to me. And I've had a lot of people, you know, tell me like, well, all I got in my pocket is a pair of hose rolling gloves and a wooden and a wooden wedge and uh, other people, you know, Oh, that's, I like that you carry that much. So like I said, it, it is what it is. It's, it's my gear. I wear my gear. You don't wear my gear. So I have no problem having uh, a few, few extra pounds in there because I know that almost every situation I, I can get into, I have something that I can get, get myself out of it with. Who else, who, who else wants to jump in? <clears throat> Go ahead, Unc. What do you got in your pockets? I got a couple couple wedges, a couple feet of rope in one pocket, webbing in the other one. Uh, so just like you said, I was taught, you know, what if you can't get to your right side? You know, try your left side. Some wire snips. I got uh, one of the most handiest things I ever have is just a little multi-tool. And it's only like, I don't know, nine barley corns long. And I keep that in my pocket. Um, but yeah. I just, I just try to keep it simple because I, I they broke. They, okay, they broke. barley corn. <laughs> <laughs> they, they broke me in the habit when I first got in. You know, when you first get into the fire department, it's cool to have, you know, the fire truck in your pocket. You know? Oh, yeah. And they broke me in the habit long before. They're like, it's on the truck. You can carry all the stuff you got in your pockets. It's on the truck. You can just grab it then. So. Yeah, but it's not if I'm laying underneath a bunch of ceiling. True. All right. Let me <laughs> let me address some of that, Freddie. Um, if that happens, nothing I'm carrying in my pocket, in my opinion, is going to help me. If I'm if I'm incapacitated, if the ceiling falls in on me, if a wall falls over and pins me under it, nothing I can reach in my pocket is going to extricate me from that. If I can't wiggle myself out of it, you know what I mean? That's fair. Um, That's fair. I, I, but again, it's personal choice. Unky, I was like you. When I first started, I bought one of the cool pocket organizers and I carried all kinds of crap. I went to Lowe's and spent an ungodly amount of money on small tools. Um, now in my uh, top turnout pocket, I, I, of course I got a box light or uh, excuse me, a coat light. We carry a whole a, box light on you. Jeez. I have a helmet <laughs> on my, a helmet light on my head, on my helmet, which is again, a personal piece of personal. That's probably the only piece of personal equipment. I own. Um, a lot of guys have leathers, but anyway, I have a flashlight on there. I have a coat light. I do have, I do carry a box light, but I bought one of the new small stream light vantages. It doesn't weigh anything. It's awesome. Um, but I clipped that to my waistband on my air pack. So if I'm down on my knees and crawling, it hangs right about floor level. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in this chest pocket, I have uh, iPro, uh, six and one screwdriver, and a pair of channel lock uh, cutters. It's got a cutter. It's got a hydrant, a spanner on it. It's got a gas shutoff tool, and it's got a little wedge built into it. It's a really nice tool. My cousin gave it to me when I graduated. Yeah, those um, uh, those like black channel lock ones. Yeah, it's a pretty I got big a set tool. Of those. Yep. Yeah, I, it's a very handy tool. It's very used cutting battery cables. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Um, 
I don't put much in my coat pockets because my waist strap kind of gets in the way of it. But I, I do carry a Benchmade triage knife in there, which has a seatbelt cutter and a window punch on it because I'm not wearing my air pack if I'm on an accident so I can get to it. Um, and I keep a small piece of rope in one of my pockets, in my coat pockets. The other one just has some EMS gloves in it for, again, car accidents. Turn out pockets, my, my leg, my pants pockets. Um, I have webbing in both sides. <clears throat> Excuse me. One's about uh, eight foot and one's about 20 foot, both with carabiners. Because, again, if I like Freddie, if I need to bail out of a second story window, that 20 foot's enough to get me where I can either reach the ground or fall to the ground without severely injuring myself. Um, Aim for and, the bushes. Yeah. And I have a uh, a pair of work gloves. I believe um, I could fly. Or, you know, leather gloves for hose rolling or whatever. Just, you know, standard car wreck stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and wedges. That's pretty much all I carry in my pockets. I have a tagging chief. Well, he still works for us. Said the only thing he ever carried in his pockets was an inch and a half smooth board tip. <laughs> that was it. All right. Matt, what you got in your pockets? Well, I'm not going to bore everybody. I pretty much have all the same stuff that you guys are talking about. I carry um, some webbing in my right bellow for mostly for rescue stuff. Uh, we have a drop bag that we hang off the back of our SCBAs. And that's for, uh, I mean, typically if we need to, you know, haul her down, hey, we need a, uh, another line up here through a window or an axe or a pike pole, uh, we can drop down our rope bag, our uh, drop bag. We also, and I was going to ask you guys, do you guys have firefighter escape stuff for, uh, that's built into your, your SCBAs? No. So no. we have this handy dandy. Well, we have our, just, just the DRDs at the back. So we drag. have the DRD as well, just to just to yeah. drag yeah. you, right? Yeah. But no, our pants talking, don't have the harness. I'm no. talking a bailout system. Yeah, right? no, we, we used we, to. We you? have guys that that put them in themselves, but we don't. Our pants do not come with them, no. Yeah. So we used to have the actually it was called the Fred, uh, the firefighter rescue escape device. There you go, Freddie. They stole it from you. Um, we got rid of that, and now we have this hook system. That it's 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 kind of gnarly. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Um, the department we've had them for a few years now i've fallen out of a few windows because the the hook doesn't uh stay um basically impaled into the drywall or whatever it may be the concrete um we had a really scary situation we had an 11 month test and of course we had him on a belay line um but it didn't catch and we were on the third story and he was flying down like it was freaking mission impossible and i dropped that do you guys have multi um multi um mpds multi-purpose devices for your rope stuff it's like a red made by cmc yeah we had we, we had that i had that we had him belayed off of um the mpd and he are you a tech falling. guy huh are you a tech guy no i'm not tech i'm not rescue? all the way to tech i mean i've taken rescue systems one i haven't been further than that but i mean t- i mean even i mean if you want to get into that rescue systems one is mostly like the mariners not and um uh, what am I? I'm, the word just escaped my brain. But uh, anyways, um, we have a hook thing. It doesn't work that well. We don't really like it, but we're getting new SCBAs and hopefully a new rescue device. Um, but I don't really carry much uh, in my pockets. Um, that's different than you guys. I'm happy or, um, you know, proud of you guys for using uh, wire snips. And that's the most politically correct uh, word for it. Um, and, uh, uh, so yeah, rope is taken care of. I carry wedges in my, in my helmet. I have a, my own light. Um, and the flathead screwdriver, man, that's like, I have this really cool device. It's a, um, it's like a steel, so it's pretty heavy, um, but it works as a, um, as a spanner wrench. 
it opens up and you can use it as a spanner wrench. And at the very tip of it, it also has a gas shut off. And mm -hmm. then um, I can also breach windows with it if I need that as well. Um, so, you know, doing utilities and stuff like that, uh, that works pretty well for gas and uh, shutoffs. So not much different than what you guys are wearing, uh, you know, wearing on your stuff. So. I got yeah, one right. thing different than all y'all don't have. Keys. Y'all may have the, yeah. the Knox box. We I got, got keys. keys. It's, it's called it's called an eight-pound Halligan. Nah, man. We got keys to mechanical <laughs> rooms, <laughs> buildings, and yeah, every single do, type yeah. of fire alarm. Oh, yeah. we look like the biggest superheroes. We went out into the city. You uh, mispronounced janitor. <laughs> we went out to the city big old ring <laughs> and these guys uh alarm was going off in a brand new building they had no idea their parents just like grills on the roof just pounding the panel and we're like watch out guys we got this ching ching we're like how'd you do that i was like where'd you get those keys i was like we can't tell you you know that's what those federal guys got we got the keys we can did reset Big what kind, of, that what kind of clearance do you have to have to have those keys? You just got to have the hookup. Oh, I got you. I'll if you hear me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and we still got you know the traditional boxes, the box alarm pool ones. Knox boxes? No, no, like fire alarm boxes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we still have those. But they're slowly getting rid of them, but yeah. Freddie, it's I also keep, have a shove knife in my chest pocket, too. Just I know you mentioned the shove knife. Yeah, but I like that. I like that shove knife. The, the one I have, it is what it is. But uh, I'm a big uh, light guy. I love my lights. I used to have the the 90 degree stream light on my radio strap, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I took it off because it was just uncomfortable where it was at. Um, I if I'm in in this do in my station where I have a Leatherman on my belt and I keep a stream light uh stick light in my back pocket and it's I use it every day. So it's, my my uh my job shirt, I have a pen. And I have a little stream light, like pen light, like it's like this it's long LED. Stream light stylus, yeah. And then on my radio strap, I actually have, uh, I actually got it out of the burn box. There's a, uh, it's a rescue knife. It has like a window punch, yeah, a seatbelt have... cutter, and whatever on there. And then I have a little, um, I got a little flashlight. And then I also super uh, underutilized or underrealized, what have you. I have a carabiner on there. And I get asked all the time, like, why do you got a carabiner hanging on your radio strap? And uh, and I tell him, I said, where do you where do you put the uh, where do you put the thousand bag when we're transferring the patient over? Do you like on their lap, the, man, the, the old style phone? Yeah, because shut it down. <laughs> no, the wheel. I hook it, hook it right there. You're moving <laughs> the patient. Don't got to worry about it. I, I have a I love one it. Of those, I love one it. of those old cheap knives that they gave us for EMS week at the hospital or something, but it's, it's got a serrated, it's half serrated, half smooth, and it's got a yep. window punch and a seatbelt cutter. It's just a, a cheap junk knife to use at work. And I keep that on my radio strap too, Freddie. Nice. Good work. You know, what like works it. really well too is uh, EMS shears. Uh, they can yeah. cut wires. If you're even into they a can wire cut a penny. issue, huh? They can cut a penny. A cut a penny. <laughs> I, I I use them to cut uh, airbags away from vehicles. Yep. Uh, I yep. use those a lot. I use those yep. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good for taking the backbone out of a chicken. Yes. I, I did that uh, on my Spatchcock. Spatchcock, two birds uh, in the smoker. And that's exactly what I use, trauma shoes. With with all of that being said, I think it I think it goes to say the utmost importance is uh, the tools you carry with you, the tools that are on the truck. Make sure that you are familiar with the trucks that respond uh, with you on calls because 
the one thing that I hate, the one thing that I stress to my students in the academy is when you get hired onto an apartment, a department, make sure you know where every single tool is in every single compartment. Because the one thing that's going to piss off uh, an officer, at least in my um, uh, experience, is playing playing the merry-go-round where you open up every single compartment when they ask you to go and go and find a box light or, or you know, go grab me the toolbox and you're, oh, no, that's the fan. Nope, that's the whatever. Oh, that's a chainsaw. You know, you're, you're, most of our engines and trucks are set up very similar for that reason. And that's, <clears> and that's fine, but of, it's still something that I think that right. your first six months, you need to test yourself. Absolutely. I used to go out there uh, on both departments that I was on, and it was funny. I would put my head on the compartment that was closed, like right on the door. I put my head on it, and I would sit there, and I would try and name everything in the compartment. In my mind, I was learning it by osmosis, like I was like sucking yeah, we, it into my brain. But I would sit there, took and I'd open and, it. Nope, I missed something. Close yeah. it. Try again. Yeah, we took pictures and laminated them and put them in the compartments. <laughs> so whenever you're switching units to reserve, everything goes back and you can re relate to that picture and say, all right, uh, everything's here and where it needs to be. Yes. Uh, yeah. I've always been told, I like to, as a new guy in the station, assigned to the station or a rookie or whatever you want to be, um, it was always beating my school. Keep a, keep a book in your pocket. Those right, right in the rain books are perfect. You can wash yeah. them in the washing machine. They're still there. Yeah. Keep that in there with my uh, the hand methods in there, all your PSI. But I do inventory of whatever truck I'm on. So you have it. The thought process was the captain, we used to come to you and go, all right, Freddie, what's in the engineer compartment? And you have to list off everything. And if you couldn't think of it, he was, he'll allow you to go to your book. You know, when he asks you a question, you have to give him an answer, but you cannot leave where you're standing. You can't open it up and tell him what's in the compartment. So they would accept it, the book. But they would do book checks, make sure you always had your book with you at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock on the calls. Um, and if you didn't know what was in that engineer's compartment or that compartment, you missed something, take everything out, clean everything, everything, the walls, the, everything out, and clean the tools and put them back. And he'll be back later in the day to, to quiz you again on that compartment. Because you got to learn today. Yeah. So yep. if you can't remember, sure. I can't remember hardly anything. I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but I have it in the book. So that's just something you can do. Beautiful. Good, beautiful. Good talk. Hey, good so talk. That was, uh, that was, not, that, that was, that was a lot of information. That was a lot of uh, good conversation. Uh, really highlighting the similarities and the differences across the nation that, that uh, firefighters are dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, right now we're going to uh, jump into uh, my recipe for uh, this week is going to be called something that I kind of made up myself. It's called uh, gnocchi alla freddi. It's uh, you're going to take some uh, Italian sausage links, slice them up in medallions, fry them up, take those out. You're going to boil a pot of water in the water. You're going to put uh, two, two bags of the gnocchis, which is like the uh, Italian cheese or potato uh, dumplings. And then you'll get some pasta sauce, some peas, put it all together in, into, a, uh, into, into a pot, cover it with uh, mozzarella and Parmesan cheese, and then put it under the broiler for about two or three minutes to brown it up. Oh, 
It's amazing. Serve it with garlic bread. Pasta or gnocchi alla freddy. I might make that tomorrow. Yucky Freddy. Yeah. Y- yucky Freddy. All right. Yucky. That... That's it. You know what's funny is that's what my daughter calls uh gnocchis. Daddy, can we have yuckies tonight? Absolutely, we can is have it some yuckies. Gnocchi or gnocchi? Gnocchi. Whatever. Gnocchi. Gnocchi alla freddy. It's that um, stuff from the Olive Garden. Hey, we it. got an exciting make next it. next episode. Yes. We do. We do. We have an exciting next yes, episode. Douglas, tell us what's happening. So next weekend, or next weekend, it'll be next weekend. Friday's the weekend, right? Sure. Um, a couple of weeks back, we did our mental health episode, and uh, I reached out to a gentleman about guesting on the podcast, and he was graciously accepting of my invite. And uh, we're going to bring in Lieutenant Kenny Mitchell from my department, who runs an organization called Operation Yellow Tape, and Heck we're yeah. going to let him talk about all that to you guys and and plug his organization and i told him at times his man just ramble on what you want to ramble on drive your points home buddy and we'll just sit here and let it organically happen man so yeah we're looking forward to that so y'all stay tuned for that that'll be two weeks yeah three weeks yeah and two weeks and we're gonna put them through turnout drill something that we're thinking about uh all of our guests they're gonna get five questions rapid fire and they don't know what they are this could be they're fun. Gonna, they're going to change every week. They are. Whoa. So you can do your research if you plan on being on the podcast, but it might not be the same questions. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. That is another amazing episode of the Cool Fireman Podcast. Uh, thank you, everyone. Make sure you're sharing it with your friends, letting them know how much fun we're having here. Everybody, right. it's shift change. Take care. Later.